The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hi, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is the Miracle of Healing. Oh, it feels so good to be in our elements, right? But what is our element? We're going to talk with Lindsay Fauntleroy today about how we can use the five elements, water, wood, fire, earth, and metal, as a system for understanding the cycles and rhythms of our bodies, our minds, our, and our spirit journey too. So she's a licensed acupuncturist and has really just created such an incredible knowledge and wisdom base for herself and for us too. She's the founder of Spirit Seed, which is a school that offers personal and professional development courses that are rooted in ancestral understandings of health, humanity, nature, and the cosmos. She's an an instructor for the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, and as well as a facilitator of the Flower Essence Society Global Practitioner Certification Program. I love flower essences, and I'm so glad we're going to get a chance to talk about it because I use them and I've used them for years, and not that many people really know about the power of that. So Welcome so much, Lindsay. I'm super happy to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about your a little bit about your journey. And I just want to start there because it's so fascinating, you know, how you came into your healership and just the journey that you've been on in your life. So can you share a little bit with that with us? Absolutely. I got started and really introduced to all of this, all of this stuff, right? All these healing modalities through my own uh, journey to fertility. And so when I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with what they then called premature ovarian failure. Thankfully, Mm. they don't call it that anymore, but it essentially meant that I was in my early 20s in active menopause, Mm. which also meant that I could not have children. And that was devastating for me. And as I often find in this in this work, it's those big heartaches that inspire us to seek out another course of healing, of spiritual alignment, of spiritual connection. And that was certainly it for me. I had this huge vision of myself with many, many children. I think I wanted, I say seven, but I think I really thought I was going to have like 15 kids. (laughs) And so being told that I couldn't have any just really 
it just really knocked me off of my feet for a while. And so it was in that process of, of heartache that I was introduced to flower essences, that I was really immersed in um, African indigenous healing systems, that I was introduced to acupuncture. And it just really changed my life, not just my fertility, but the actual way that I move through my life. And so uh, once I was introduced to them, I really just couldn't stop. I just started reading more books and wondering really, how did I not know about these resources before? You know, that was a big question that came up for me. Hmm. Um, and so here I am now sharing those those resources with others on their healing journeys. So beautiful. I, I lived in Japan. I was a martial artist. And right after college, I moved to Japan. And that's where I learned about acupuncture. Because in Japan, if you go to the hospital, you go through the acupuncturist first. And it's only if they can't solve your problem that you go to a doctor. Wow. And I know. And it's just such a part of their everyday life that I, and it works for me, it has always worked for me so well that I was like, yeah, of course acupuncture works, but it's not always, I, I think more and more mainstream and thank goodness, like so many now insurances will allow you to cover acupuncture treatments through insurance, but it is a really powerful form of medicine that doesn't give a lot of side effects and generally goes right to the point. And it's so true. And I think even in the U.S., uh, even though acupuncture is becoming more mainstream, it's more mainstream for its physical benefits, you know, like insurance will cover back pain or neck pain or post car accident, that sort of thing. But it's less known in this country for its emotional benefits as an internal medicine, as a spiritual medicine. Those are the aspects of acupuncture that are just not as popular here in the in the U.S. Such good stuff. And you really incorporated the elements, the uh, elements that are used in Chinese medicine, the five elements into your work and really way beyond the scope of what happens in an acupuncture session. I think you've developed it as sort of a model to find balance in our lives and, and to really look at maybe even our life purpose here on the planet. So Let's talk about the five elements. So where should we start? They are my favorite thing to talk about besides flower essences. So there's that. But I really do feel like this medicine, the five elements in particular, are a medicine that we can all be somewhat conversant in, right? We don't all have to go to acupuncture school to know how to use these very basic, very primal, very archetypal aspects of nature and the relationship between nature and our psychology, um, that we can have a basic understanding, that each of us can have a basic understanding and work with these elements for our own emotional and spiritual wellness. And Mm -hmm. so in introducing the five elements, I really try to make it very accessible and very user-friendly and invite us to think about what we already know about these elements, about these seasons, and then building on that to really address our own emotional needs. I loved it how in your book, which your book is so warm and so fun and so funny and so fun to read. I just loved it. It was, I was like laughing and chuckling and like snorting tea out my nose. When I was, <laughs> it was so good. Thank you. And you really talked about like how you've gone through really strong phases in your life where you were kind of embodying one particular element or sort of faced the lessons of that element and had to kind of 
you know, embody the the medicine of those of that in a really like tangible way. I felt that section explained it to me more than anything else I've read about it. And I kind of seeing it in action and how it shows up in our life in really particular ways, I thought was super interesting. Thank you. A lot of times when I introduce the five elements as a theory and as a, a medicine practice, the first question that people ask is, well, what element am I? And that's kind of our go-to. We want to know like who we are in this world. What we're... And, and the answer is we're all of the elements, you know, just like within any given year, we'll experience all the seasons. The same is true of our lives that, you know, these elements are more phases, more so than definitive stopping points. And in fact, if we look at the language, the wuxing, which is often translated as five elements, actually means five changes, five transformations. And so what I'm hoping to do through the book is teach people how to know what season you're in. What element are you in right now? And that may change. It will change. But we can definitely tap into the element that is the most prevalent, that has the most to offer, that has the kindest, warmest gift for us, and is also causing the the soul hiccups, right? The anxiety, mm-hmm. the depression, the confusion, all of these natural expressions of the human heart are related to an element. And so when we can pay attention to that, we can also learn through our heartache, through our pain, through our challenges, what gifts are also available to us when we step in and find alignment. Mm -hmm. I thought you said something really important too about the correspondences, these particular correspondences are rooted more in, in in Taoism. And, you know, many people have had their training and elements around Native American practices or Celtic practices, which have really different correspondences and in fact, different elements. And, you know, you really had a call to open our minds and, you know, be open to holding these multiple models without fussing about, well, that's not the right element. It's not what I learned, (laughs) you know, that's not the right way to look at that. So I, I thought that was an important call. Thank you. It's so true because, you know, many of us, especially in recent years, as more of these modalities, as more of these medicine systems are becoming available, we can really immerse ourselves in, like you said, the Native American wheel, or we can be really into astrology or any of these nature-based systems. And if we look back to throughout humanity, psychology has always been linked to nature. So it makes sense that all these systems have nature correspondences, But the example that I share in the book is if we just take, for example, fire, right? If you live in a desert, fire is going to mean something different to you than if you live in a cold climate. Mm -hmm. And so even though fire is fire is fire, each culture has a different relationship with these natural forces. And, you know, what shows up as the fire element in, say, an astrology system really aligns more with the wood element in East Asian medicine. So to just get out of our own heads, just right from the beginning and say, okay, I'm looking within this particular system and to not try to look for what's wrong. I think that's part of our, our socialization is to be very analytical, to be very critical, um, to be dissecting things as we, as we read it. But, you know, all of these medicines come out of a more holistic worldview where there can be many, many, many experiences, many, many, many truths, many, many, many right answers. And to just embrace that, suspend our, our critique um, and just to just welcome what's there. Mm-hmm. So if we're in 
for example, like a metal phase, which might be like kind of a change ending grief phase, if I remember properly, can we call on the, invoke the other elements or connect with the other elements is maybe a way to balance that? Is that what happens with these or do we just sort of surrender to the element that we're in? The way that I like to think about it is that all of the elements are always in relation to one another. And so acupuncture as a, as a holistic medicine has a very sophisticated system of working between the elements, right? One element is the mother to another element. One element kind of suppresses, you know, so there's a whole science behind those relationships. But when we're just starting with the elements, there's really so much there in terms of just diving into that one element. So even in the example that you're giving, if we're in a metal element phase, and which can sometimes feel like everything is falling apart, if I'm honest. Um, mm-hmm. Things are dissolving. We're maybe starting to release or let go of things that we valued and, and held precious. And that brings up the grief and the sadness that's also associated with metal. It could bring up nostalgia or feeling like the sense of longing as we're letting things go, as things are falling apart. And the gift of metal, when we really live into the value of the metal element, it teaches us how to be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. So even though we're letting things go, we're shedding, it's almost like a snake shedding its skin of the metal element, that we're also learning how valuable and precious life is, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's that relationship between the things that fade away and are time bound and the things that are eternal and of spirit that remain when when the things of the earth die away. And so just staying in metal, we can find healing in that preciousness of, of the moment and the preciousness yeah. of life, even while I we're love that. I think it's really wise and kind of, kind of like lean in and, you know, surrender to the wisdom, to the medicine yeah. of these. And we, we don't want to do that. We want to squirm. We want to like move away from it. We want to fix it, you know? We want to fix it. That's so true. Yeah. And I think there's some beautiful wisdom you talk a lot about in your book about sort of this soulfulness, you know, soul medicine. So let's talk a little bit about soul medicine. Sure. So I I started calling this work soul medicine because it does speak to this intangible aspect of our being. And the example that I give in my practice is that we know a lot about our physical body. We know or we can find out what kind of diet to follow, what kind of exercise regimen to do. We have our smartwatches and our smartphones and our heart rate and our steps and all of that stuff is is pretty standard, right? We know which doctors to go to, that sort of thing. And then we each have our unique expression of our spirituality, whether that's a particular religion that we ascribe to or just our own spiritual practices, And the Taoist would say, you know, kind of your spirituality is is your business, right? Find a way to connect to the source and do it regularly. And then there's everything in between. There's the thoughts, there's the emotions, there's those beliefs that we've been holding on to that that maybe helped us when we were kids, but don't really serve us as adults. There's the heartache, there's relationships that are challenged, there's those dreams and aspirations that we haven't fully stepped into. And those I call the matters of the soul. And so this soul medicine is really touching that aspect of our being. It's that space in between our physical health and our physical body 
and our spiritual alignment that sometimes gets left to the wayside. How do we heal heartache? How do we, what medicine do we use when we feel stuck? And that's what soul medicine speaks to. Mm, I love that. I want to talk about flower essences, but before we get into that juicy topic, let's take a real quick break. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We are here with Lindsay Fauntleroy talking about her book, In Our Elements. And Lindsay, one of the things you talk about a lot and you use in your healing practices, flower essences, and I love them. And I've been using them for ages and hardly anyone knows about them. So let's talk about them. I'm so happy to hear you say that because I always call flower essences the wellness industry's best kept secret. Because it's amazing. I mean, I've been doing this work professionally for over 15 years, and I still get the same questions about flower essences. The first thing is that everyone always confuses them with essential oils. They're not smelly. (laughs) So I'll have my flower essences out, and someone say, oh, can I open this and smell it? And in my mind, I'm like, you can, but it's going to smell like water and brandy. It's not very therapeutic (laughs) in that way. And so flower essences are similar to essential oils in that they are both plant medicine, but we take them internally and they are more for supporting our thoughts and our emotions and helping us to get out of our own way. I use them for three core areas that I talk about in the book. The first is for our limiting beliefs and the ways that our self-doubt, our hypercriticism, our feelings of lack um, will get in the way of what we're trying to achieve. The other area that I use flower essences for are stuck emotions. And so not to necessarily numb our emotions or to feel better, but to really honor what each emotion is bringing forward for us. Just like we talked about grief, bringing us into the beauty of the present moment. And then the last thing that I use flower essences for is what I call soul evolution. Mm -hmm. And so those are the ways that we start to undo and unravel the, the habits and the perspectives that have carried us through our life that we need to, to shed and change as we step into a completely new way of being in the world. And flower essences are masterful at peeling back those layers. They're so subtle and also so powerful. It's such an interesting thing. And I swear I got through my adolescence 
by using flower essences and stumbled into this like sort of hippie store that sold the Bach flower remedies and tree remedies. And that was my introduction. And I just thought they were these magical like potions. And I self-treated. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd read the little, you know, read little things about it and be like, I need and use my intuition, like pendulum Mm -hmm. and feel which one I needed. And in that time in my life, it just sort of evened out the rough edges of adolescence. And I've been forever grateful to flower essences since then. Now, do you make your own or do you use, what do you use for your flower essences? So my line of flower essences, um, which is called the elementals, are based on the five elements. Mm. And so I created formulas that speak to the, the major soul lessons of each of the five elements. And to do that, I use, um, I make composite blends using flower essences from the FES line, the Flower Essence Society, which I've been working in partnership with for a number of years. I also use some of the Alaskan essences, the Bach essences, but essentially I create these formulas that really speak to the soul essence, the soul lessons and the, we could say, psycho-emotional complexes of each of the five elements. Right. You kind of called them soul hiccups, right? And they're oh, <laughs> the soul hiccups, like the, <laughs> the, the pain, the painful bits, the painful parts that we experience when we're undergoing transformation. Oh, that's what I imagine you mean when you say soul hiccups, but you know, it might be depression or anxiety or stress or grief or those sort of more painful things, right? That's what that right. is. Yeah. And it, and they can be both big and small, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. Just even a shift in perspective of something can change your whole life. And then there's other, so it's it's that, it can be that subtle, or it can be those really, really dark moments of depression and uncertainty that we need some support through. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying around how they, the flower essences act as these little magical, subtle potions, because I feel even, even now and being in practice for all these years, they're still my go-to um, for when I'm feeling distress, you know, mm-hmm. really yeah. just finding, it's very reassuring to know that everything that we experience as humans, that there's a flower essence out there that's like, I know what to do. I can help you, <laughs> you know? So just, mm-hmm. just even knowing that there's that support out there for, for the stuff of life is, is very healing. So good. Right. And I, I know, like I work a lot with sense people who are really sensitive psychics empaths mm-hmm. you know sensitive people of all kind and i find that acupuncture and these vibrational medicine options like flower essences are sometimes work better than anything western medicine can dish us because right. it's just too heavy and especially the hormonal stuff that you talked about you know like right. western medicine is really very very few and very heavy-handed things they can do for fertility where acupuncture and flower essence is probably just the ticket yeah and i find in my practice that everyone is different in terms of how they're wired and mm-hmm. so to your point when i'm working with someone that's already very sensitive that's already very empathic that's already um kind of oriented to the subtle world then the flower essences they can feel really strongly mm. and then i may have someone that's more oriented to more of a physical medicine and it may take two or three cycles before they even realize that the flower essences are doing something of course as a practitioner i'm you know charting mm-hmm. i'm noting and i'm asking the questions but for them themselves to see it 
it sometimes takes a, a little while longer because they're looking for more of a gross physical change as, a, as opposed to a subtle alignment shift or an awareness. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I want to talk to you about music because you talk a lot about music as being part of your soul medicine. So music got me through my adolescence. <laughs> so I, when I was teaching this work in schools, I was going into um, the Department of Education in New York through an organization called Inspiring Minds. I was teaching five element theory for emotional awareness to high school students. And the music became one of the ways that they could really tap into the vibe or the feeling of an element. So I would, you know, make these playlists and, okay, these are my water element songs. These are my fire element songs. And it's not usually about the lyrics, it's that feeling, you know, we know that music lifts and shifts our, our soul and our experience. And so when I was writing the book, I I was thinking to myself, I have got to find a way to get the music in there. And so I ended up making a playlist for, for each of the five elements that just kind of encompasses a wide mm-hmm. range of, of songs and genres so that we can really not just learn about these elements intellectually, but feel into uh, what does this element feel like when I'm in a metal season, when I'm in a water season? What does it feel like in my body? What does it feel mm-hmm. like in my heart? And music speaks that universal nonverbal language. And so the music is a huge part of it. I'm actually teaching a class now based on the book and the students are all creating their own playlists. So it's, oh, it's a lot of fun to see all of the different ways that we can come from different cultural backgrounds, be living in different states and communities, but still find these pulses and these through lines and these threads that connect us through the five elements. That's wonderful. I love that that's happening. It must be so kind of empowering for your students to come up with their own playlists and really participate in that way. It's true. And it really comes out of when we look at indigenous knowledge systems, this idea that all knowledge is co-created. So even though I'm teaching the class, and I use that in big air quotes, I'm teaching the class, I'm facilitating the process, but we're all learning from each other. You know, we all have a lived experience as humans as souls, as spirits, as beings on this earth and creating a place where we can bring that experience together through this lens is, is really a lot of fun and I think has a lot of value. Yeah, you your PhD topic is very interesting. You know, really looking at indigenous psychology and I think kind of tapping into this sort of worldwide knowledge base. Can you talk a little bit of, like what happened with the research that you did? in your PhD and how does it relate to the book? It's so ongoing. I mean, I really started, um, my introduction to this work really came through my acupuncture training. I was working um, post-grad, post-acupuncture school with uh, an acupuncturist mentor who was aligning the psycho-spiritual aspects of acupuncture to, you know, modern world, modern world views. And it really just piqued my interest around, you know, Western psychology is about 300 to 500 years old, but humans for as long as we've been on this planet have been trying to figure out our place in the world and and how to be better humans. And so I became really interested in what are the systems of psychology that existed prior to 
our current cultural context, our current medical model. Mm -hmm. And so that really has led me on a journey into looking first, I began looking at um, East Asian medicine through the five elements, through Taoism, through five element theory. Then that led me to looking at African spiritual systems that are also nature-based and also archetypal, um, looking at processes such as the chakra system and all of these different ways of organizing the human mind and the human experience, and then relating that back to Western psychology, which to me aligns more closely with uh, more of a depth psychology model. Hmm. But all of these, these ways that we are looking at what's going on in the human psyche, acknowledging that it's connected to our soul and our spiritual awareness and our evolution, our personal evolution, and then tying it all together in a way that gives us protocols for treatment at the end of the day, you know, not just understanding what's going on within our heart and souls, but knowing what to do about it when we experience it. It feels to me like you, you know, you're kind of bridging that older ancient wisdom with sort of our modern world and, you know, bringing it up to something that we can use now. That's right. I call it in the book, I call it being neo-ancient. So here we are here, it's 2022, 2023, 2029, you know, here we are. And yet we still have this legacy of wisdom and knowledge that we can draw from and make it relevant for who we are now. We don't necessarily have to just go back into the past. You know, there's some comforts of modern life that I don't plan on giving up anytime soon. I have my smartphone. I have my, you know, my auto ship next day, you know, delivery. (laughs) But in the midst of all of that, there is um, an opportunity to reconnect to something that for me feels more aligned, that feels like a wholeness and a connection that I think modernity has disconnected us from. And Mm -hmm. so how do we have the best of both worlds? And that's Mm -hmm. what it means to me to be neo-ancient. It's beautiful. I love it. So I think everyone should run right out and read your book. So funny and sweet. How do we get it? And how do we work with you? And how do we get your flower essences if that's what we want to do? Thank you for asking. Um, So the best place to find me is on my website, thespiritseed.org. And there you can find a number of things. You can find the flower essences. You can find a self-assessment quiz if you're not sure which flower essence to work with. Um, And you can also find our classes. We have classes that are available for practitioners. We have uh, classes that are available for folks that are just curious and want to know more. And then I also have my consulting practice is available on the website as well. And then on social media, if you're into social media, you can follow me at Lindsay Font. Good. That's awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for this conversation. It was beautiful. And I'm super happy to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much. And thanks all of you all for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here. I know you're going to hit the subscribe button right now so you don't ever have to miss a word of anything we're saying, any of the wisdom we're laying down for you on the show. So go ahead and subscribe. And if you want to visit me, you can find me at my website, lisacampion.com. I'd love for you to stop by and visit. I have a lot of tools and resources for people that are psychic, sensitives, empaths, and maybe your gifts are emerging and you're wondering what to do about that. I'd love to hear from you if that's true. So thank you for joining us here today on The Miracle of Healing, where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM.
Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.